Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Right, gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 245, episode 4 of Two Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into American shared consciousness, and it's Thursday, July 14th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Said that a little like Aziz. What's going on July 14th, oh, 2022? Oh, you know, it's National Tape Measure Day. Hell okay. yeah, man. Shout out the Noble Tape Measure. Also, Love National Mac measures. and Cheese Day. Okay. You big mac and cheese? I'm not big. I feel like mac and cheese is probably like appropriately rated. You know, right. like I don't need. I feel like, like they're a mac and cheese restaurant. Be like, this yeah, is the best I don't need ever. that shit. Like yeah, it's a yeah, yeah. it's a solid side. If you if your main course is not getting the job done, is not gonna like stick to your ribs. You can go mac and cheese, and like it adds a little extra. But I do not need a mac and cheese restaurant. Mac and cheese is just it's I feel like it's perfect. You know what I mean? Like I'm never mad perfect. when it's there. I'm like, oh there you are, hey. I love you, mac and cheese. <laughs> but I'm never like, where are they at? It I think it's all contextual, right? Cause like in certain family meals, like it has to be there culturally in some places, like you gotta have the mac and cheese there. Yeah. I feel like it's also gets fucked up more often than people probably like it's like, oh you can't fuck that one up, but you like, can. Oh you can, oh, you can. And frequently do. Yeah. Not you in particular, but people in general. So you that like is my one mac of my and my mom kills kills it on the mac and cheese and I have her recipe. And it's one of the very few things that she made really well that I'm able to, you know, replicate everyone. Oh, okay. so, it's been described as like heroin by somebody who has done heroin. Wow. So like it, they, it wasn't like a complete they, they were like, This is so good, it's like heroin. I was like, well, heroin, don't say how good heroin is around my children, but I, yeah. I appreciate the compliment. Not like Andy Cohen <laughs> at New Year's show. It's like a yeah. warm blanket inside. Like heroin. <laughs> what? It was Andy Cohen. <laughs> my name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien, a.k.a. Applejacks, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! It's Miles Gray. You know him as Hideo Noho, but maybe because he was in Spain, you call him Javier Bars Dem. Salvador <laughs> Balling, great the Guernica, 
uh, which I saw for the first time. Fantastic piece. And the mayor of Plaza Mayor. Okay. Shout okay. out. Shout out. That what was, was the Guernica one? I the didn't... Guernica. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I just want to make sure I had that right. <laughs> I just want to make you say that oh, again yeah. out loud for the record. Shout out to Spain, who I'm sure we, we've we just gained a bunch of fans. In oh, Espanja. 100%. Oh, yeah. And they, I mean, I, very quickly, like, you cannot take a picture of the Guernica. And I'm like, damn. Part yeah. of me wish I had like those Ray Bans where I could be like, yoink, got it. But <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna look at my own photo of the Guernica. Yeah, I'm so moved by this. Useless. <laughs> Although, so uh, I just went to a work of art that is the opposite. I feel like it is specifically designed for taking pictures of, and that is Yayoi Kusama's Infinity Mirror Room. Have oh, you yeah, been there? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've I've only seen thousands of pictures of people in there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went. It's like a closet with mirrors on all the walls. That is basically what you are inside of. But then you look at the pictures and you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> that was cool." <laughs> it photographs way better. Yeah, it photographs incredibly Shout well. Shout out to my namesake. Your boy Shout Kusama. out to your namesake, yeah. your boy. Kusama. It's your boy, Kusama. Anyways, Miles, we're thrilled to be joined by a very talented writer who's written for small regional outlets like <laughs> The New Yorker, wrote a book called Cover Story that is a very dope look at NBA culture and influence via classic NBA magazine covers uh, available wherever fine books are sold. And he's the host of the new NBA podcast, Running the Break with CJ and Alex, with yesterday's guest, CJ Toledano. Yep, yep. Uh, it's Alex Wong! Alex! What's up, Alex? What's up, guys? How did they decide those national uh, whatever days, by the way? like Just, When did that start? Because there's one every day. I yeah. know. I'm and we document sure. them here. <laughs> no, <laughs> I yeah. love that. Because there's always something. I, honestly, I think you just submit it. Because yeah. there, there are ones that are so out of left field that have, like, no significance aside from the people who decided it was, like, a significant day to celebrate, like, you know, staplers or some shit. Although, man, I don't, I don't want to slag off staplers. I think yeah. it's massively important. Why don't you watch your um, mouth when you're talking yeah. about staplers? Yeah, but name the last time you used a stapler, though. Three days ago. Yeah. Oh, damn. All right, never yeah. mind. All right, never yeah. mind. Let's move I on. I got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. They think right, staplers right, right. are very cool. Uh, oh, next. <laughs> right, next, next. So, so happy national staple stapler day whenever it happens. Yeah. but yeah there's a day for everything and like when you read the when you read the like description sometimes it's like it'll even tell on itself it's like so-and-so decided that this needed to be a holiday when their golden retriever did a backflip off the back of their rv mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah okay, cool yeah, and sometimes you can just, when it's completely invisible, the origins, you're like, oh, okay, so what industry decided that this was National Bullet Casings Day or whatever? Right. Yeah, it was, national, it was National Fried Chicken Day last week, uh, I believe, or a couple weeks ago, and I'm just always confused. Like, are yeah, we, the sixth. Like, I feel under pressure to, like, celebrate that. Like, I eat fried chicken a lot, but am I supposed to go eat that when it's a holiday, when it's a national day? I feel like, like are, if you're, you know, if you already honor the dish, then it's like, it's like, look, I'm, you're, you're already in the game. You know, you right, don't need to, right, right, you don't right. need to do ceremonial like celebrations right. just for the optics. If you're living that life already, that's what I. Yeah. Mean. Okay. No, no, I'm with that. I'm with yeah. that. I'm just, I, I, it's so fascinating to me because I feel like this is something that has just popped up, or maybe it's been around forever and I'm just noticing it because I feel like <laughs> someone's celebrating a national holiday every day. And it's really confusing to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. I feel like it used to be the territory of like the most annoying person in your office who is just like looking for something to talk to anyone. Like National Water about. Cooler Day. Hey, yeah. hey, gang. <laughs> right. Did you know what day it is? Like, oh, I don't know, Steve. But now because we are all that annoying person looking for shit to talk about on social media, it's it's definitely taken on a second life. Mm hmm. Yeah, like, we're all just it's marketing has become like so powerful now that with with the advent of social media that like our society is completely designed by the marketing industry. And they're just like, what if we gave every day a thing that allowed us to bring attention to stuff and people talked about it on their own? <laughs> and our podcast was like, yes, please. Yes, please. And yeah. don't forget, folks, National 20 or January 20 or July 23 is Gorgeous Grandma Day. 
Yeah. So what are you supposed to do with that information? This is just all I want to know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, you know, just a shout out to gorgeous grandma in your okay. life, I guess. I got you. I got there you, you go. All right. Alex, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things that we are talking about today. Coachella, night seven, just another another banger. As we got more details, we got a real a real spicy meeting where everybody was just shouting at each other. Trump like literally got somebody like got a White House aide to like sneak his boys in the back door. Yeah. And then like the people who actually work at the White House were like, how the fuck did you get in? Yeah, here? How did you get in here? Like one of the aides was like, oh, oh shit, I just saw Rudy Giuliani and like called her boss. And then everybody like came running. <laughs> it's like great. It was it was like a having a child and their like unruly friends that you try not to have around were yeah. like sneaking in through the bedroom window. But anyways, in this case, it almost led to the cooing of the nation, a soft coup, a dumb coup, mm. but a coup nonetheless. Somebody's FaceTiming me. I've never been FaceTimed by somebody who I don't have them in my phone. I didn't even know you were allowed to do that. That's an attack. That's an attack on me. Uh, We're going to talk about the hard seltzer boom. It is officially gone flat. Thank you. There it is. (laughs) So we're going to talk about that plenty more. But first, Alex, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Yeah, so mine is, um, I was looking up one of the searches I did earlier this week. It, it just said Lyle Breaking Bad. Um, I guess I was watching Better Call Saul, and I was looking up just obscure, uh, this obscure character named Lyle, who runs, uh, who's the assistant manager of the chicken shop. And this is just something that I like <laughs> to do in terms of like when I watch TV shows or movies, especially when I just think of a show that I watched like 20 years ago. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if the two of you ever watched Lost. Uh, When it was out, like that was such uh, one of my favorite shows. And like once in a while or like something like more, you know, popular, maybe something like The Sopranos, you know, or The Wire, things like that. Uh, Once in a while, I'll just be laying in bed at two in the morning and think of a really random character. And the best part about it is there's these dedicated wiki pages to these shows. And I will just read their character history from like season one to season six and just give myself a refresher of the life of these fictional characters. And it's just... I guess this is just something I like to do, just yeah. dive into these fictional universes. Wait, so what did you learn about Lyle, the assistant manager of uh, Los Boys? Yeah, so I was really, because con- like he popped up on this latest episode of Better Call Saul, which is like a prequel to Breaking Bad. And I completely what? forgot that he, br- he had... <laughs> they <laughs> brought him back? I completely forgot that uh, he had this whole story arc. So I just wanted to check in on, you know, when he was hired, when he was fired, his highlights and lowlights and things like that. And um, I've completely oh. already I've completely already forgot what I read from like Monday. So that just goes to show you how, how much memory I retain. I thought it was just fans being like, yo, they should bring back Lyle. Like, wasn't he like 13 or something? He, yeah. I, he's <laughs> yeah. a child. How the fuck did they bring him back without him being like, hey, it's me, Lyle. Hey, listen, uh, listen, it's TV, man. They, 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 right. they make the magic happen. But they um, have. They've done something with de-aging. The, like, they, there was a breakthrough in de-aging. Have y'all watched Hacks? Yes. Yeah. The, like, young footage of her, of Jean Grey, like... Jean Grey? Or Jean, Jean Smart? Smart. Yeah. I was like, can't wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. She what, should what play Jean Grey, though. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The most powerful mutant in the universe. <laughs> the de-aging is... I mean, she might be a mutant because of how dang good they're... They, they're able to just, like, de-age her... My wife was like, wait, so was she a famous stand-up and this is like real footage? Because she really like they've they've nailed it. Man. it well, but what's that what's that Scorsese Netflix movie? Well that one kind of looked like the, shit to me. But the aging was terrible on that yeah, one. Yeah. So like, like it was it distracting. Was, yeah. was there a leap forward? And by the way, they spent like two hundred and fifty million dollars on that to get that <laughs> de-aging technology. And I was like, all right, can we just give up on de-aging? Because it's never gonna work, apparently. Like, I guess Pesci looked so somewhat like young in some of the things, but like De Niro looked like he was, you know, should be working security on the Polar Express for uh, like it, <laughs> he just like looked dead eyed and weird. I think, yeah. yeah, 
The you don't benefit. think Gene, Gene Smart looks good in the, like as the young? No, I think it. I'm just saying it to me. It, I still clock it as being like edited by computers. So it's for not, sure, but much and not just like looking. deductively where I'm like, well, this can't exist, so therefore it must be computers. But like, I think the benefit to those clips are they're already like aged media. So like making something from '80s mm. VHS look clean is much easier than like shooting someone in like 4K and being like, make that shit look clean. So it's a I great think the, point, Miles. the challenge is a little bit different. Just to put on my old production brain for a second. And, but in that sense, like, because I don't know if you even saw Stranger Things this last season. They did a lot of young 11 stuff. And even then I was like, that looks a little, that looks a little uh, computery. But it, nonetheless, it looks better than, you know, what we've seen in the past for sure. What we're accustomed to. Yeah. So wait, how'd they do Lyle? Like what? Because Lyle, did he look he's, old? He, he's the assistant manager. He's the assistant manager at uh, Los Polos Hermanos. No, but right. Like, yeah. But showing him in Better Call Saul, like, did he look much like drastically different than the memories? From no, he, was, he like, looks. On he season? looks the same. He okay. he actually looks the exact same. I feel like I feel like Better Call Saul is the type of show where they they're not that crazy on the de aging. Like like they right. I think they feel like the fans <laughs> understand. You right, know, right, this right. is a prequel, so like we don't need to kind of just like. You know, pay two hundred fifty million dollars on Lyle and, uh, <laughs> right. and you know throw it in your face. Yeah, right. and also like they've had like the help of Bob Odenkirk just like suddenly getting in like incredible shape after. <laughs> That's like, right. That's right. For his other roles and like and nobody's like Mike's, like Mike's character, the actor who plays Mike, he just looks like he's seventy all yeah. at all times. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like yeah. you need to make a big difference there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wild. I'm gl- I'm glad to see Lyle. I remember clogging him as like somebody who actually looks like they have nailed the casting of somebody who works at a, at a <laughs> right, fast right. food restaurant. It's like they, they actually went into a chicken spot. Yeah, and, and they and went into like, the Popeyes hey, and they, they just found the guy and they're <laughs> yeah. like, "Yeah, we're just gonna typecast you." I was yeah. speaking of age. One more thing about this though, I just found out recently that uh, Ray Seahorn, the the actress who pay who plays uh, Kim Wexler. She's 50 in real life. I swear I thought she was like a 32-year-old. Yeah, she really reads 32 for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, on some level, I'm very impressed. And, like, I'm like, man, like, that is just a perfect, you know, human specimen. But, like, the Bob Odenkirk of it, like, you, you hear him talk about, like, what his past five years have been like. And, like, you know, he's got a staff that comes and works on his body with him like mm-hmm. he's LeBron James. And like, right. you know, so when it's a full-time job that pays well, I feel like I get it, you know, that like, so that is, that's what's possible. And it's interesting to like, see what the limits of capitalism and that being, you know, human will and vanity can do. But yeah. no, I think that's such a great point. Cause I've always told people, like if I had the money, I get I get in real good shape. Like I look right. Like I'd hire a personal trainer, have someone scream at me every day because I'm <laughs> right. not the type that can just like self motivate myself to like go to the gym. My, my my exercising is biking, a lot of walking, a lot of cardio. But like I don't know, man. I I hear people and like even have friends who have like personal trainers and stuff, and I'm like, man, yeah. I gotta devote my money somewhere else. I yeah. just go to the gym for the culture. I actually don't lift, <laughs> but I just like the like culture. gym culture and just the conversations <laughs> yeah, with people. Just people you, watching? <laughs> yeah, just people watching, getting to know And he keeps people. asking me to sign up for gym membership so I can give him the guest pass. Like, they already hey, banned me from there because I don't lift or nothing. You're my downline. I need you to you just walk it. around, hands on your hips, sucking your teeth. <laughs> All right. Okay. Mm. Which kind I of squat are you trying to do there? Because it's All not right. like not, not any type of squat I know. I'm here every day. I don't yeah. do squats. What's your I name, Rick? To... Oh, Michelle? Okay. <laughs> I Good do go you. by Rick when I'm at the gym, actually. So it's helpful. <laughs> Alex, what's something you think is underrated? Something that is underrated, I want to say, is not having an important job. So um, I guess I should explain this a little. So, you know, I work, I work in <laughs> Shout sports. Shout out to Lyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I work in sports. You know, you guys... Have have this successful, wonderful podcast. Huge. And like we're we're in this media space. You know, I'm not gonna speak for you guys, but like nothing that I do is that important. Okay. <laughs> like like the worst thing that'll ever happen is like, oh, I'll have a wrong analysis about where Kevin Durant is supposed to go. Right. And I was at a bar last night with some friends, and one of my friends brought her her partner over. And I never I, I met him a few times. He was a super chill dude. Like, you know, we 
we get high, we, we grab drinks. He's like one of the chill dudes. And I'm like, I finally asked him, got to know him a little bit. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I'm an ICU doctor. Mm, and I was like, ICU nurse. And I'm like, holy shit. I was like, damn, like just from like meeting you a couple of times, I wouldn't have never thought that was your job. And he started telling me about all the different experiences. He's like, oh yeah. He's just casually mentioning. He's like, oh yeah. The other time a, a woman came in and we, and you know, she pulled a pocket knife out of her purse and then, you know, she was going to stab me. Like, like it was just another day on the job. Like right. me saying, right. oh yeah, I woke up today, I recorded a pod with you guys. And yeah. you know, I'm yeah. just going to move on. And I'm like, how do you separate these two things? And he's like, when I walk in that door in the ICU, I do my job. And then when I come out of there, I have to separate it. Like, I'm not going to carry that with me. And it just made me realize, like, listen, I'm not trying to put down all these. Like, these are very important jobs, like, especially, you know, in, in the pandemic and things like that. But it, it just made me realize, like, how comfortable of a life I live and a lot of my colleagues and all of us live with the fact that, like, we do jobs that are really stupid. We do jobs that didn't exist, like, like 20 years ago. So, right. so I think that I think that is really underrated in a way of that. It, it's such a privilege to have a not important job because at no point in my life in my 24 hours, 24 seven, do I ever need to be like an ICU nurse and have to like split work and personal. Right. Like this is just how I am all the time. I consume sports. I get paid to do things in the sports world and that's it. And, and so, so, so I think it's very underrated if, if you have a job that doesn't matter that pays you. Yeah. There are some industries where the stakes are incredibly low and everybody treats it like the stakes are incredibly high and important. <laughs> and yeah. that, like that is actually, I'd say, the norm would be like there, there's even a thing. There's a thing called Sarah's Law. I think it was I think Sarah was like an academic and they were in any dispute. The intensity of feeling is inversely proportional to the value of the issues at stake. That is why academic politics are so bitter. And that feels right to me and appropriate to a lot of places that I've been in in my life is that like the places that have low low stakes people are going to be be very intense and I do love podcasting because I there's not a single person in podcasting other than you know maybe like one or two who is like, this is life or death out here. <laughs> I think we're all pretty much aware of the. Yeah. The and, and I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, like the stuff that I do, you guys do is it's not important, but like, I, I kind of would classify all of us as kind of like in entertainment in a way, right? Like, like yeah. we do these shows to entertain listeners. And like, I, I'm a huge podcast listener and, and I can see the value in that. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, people who take basically take themselves too seriously at their profession. Like before I got into sports in my 20s, you know, I had a business degree. I worked at, a, at, a, at an accounting firm for like seven, eight years. So I was around those people all the right. time. Yeah. Right. And they were just, we were just here auditing companies, you know, meanwhile, like stuff like Enron is happening. And I'm like, oh, I guess <laughs> none of us really do our jobs at the end of the day. We just right. show up to work and pretend yeah. we look at a couple of things, you know, check a couple of things. But then it's like a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink with the execs at the top and we just keep it moving. And like that, that really like that period of my life really just made me like devalue kind of how I looked at work. Because right. I, I feel like in my 20s, it was always like I attached my self-worth to work. And, and it was just like not a healthy thing to do. Like every time you hung out with like friends and stuff, it's like, what do you do? How much do you make? You getting yeah. promoted and stuff. And it's like, all that stuff is so stupid. And like, it's like, I take my work very seriously, but it's like, th I think it's really healthy to just have an understanding if you're not doing something that's actually quote unquote important, like don't take it that seriously. Yeah. The most cutthroat people I've ever been around are like interns at ABC News and like <laughs> interns yeah. at Miramax. Like, right. you know. It's like, yeah, like, like you have to make yourself indispensable or you're Right, right. And dead. they start speaking in languages that's like, have you joined a cult? Like, I don't get it. Is it like LinkedIn speech? Like, right. I'm so confused. Right. Like, like yeah. the way people talk about work sometimes is just like hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah. and I think, yeah, it just shows how successful uh, people have just like fully swallowed the like hustle pill to be like, that's all it is. That's my, that's how I define my existence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the actual yeah. worst thing you could do for your life. Yeah, like, yeah. Half the I time, used to. I used to hashtag uh, rise and grind as, as a oh. joke on, on IG, right, right, right. like just to like kind of mock, but then like, 
people started celebrating it with me. Like, yeah. like people would be like, oh, hell I yeah. We, yeah, they're like, we rise and grinding at the gym and all this stuff. And like, I, oh my God, I used to do live, laugh, love for a really long time too. I guess it's like a separate <laughs> But then people started loving it. And I was like, oh, oh no, no, the joke has been ruined now. Like, never this mind, is, never mind. This yeah, is mind. not good. Yeah, this is not good. But like the grind culture is like hilarious to me because like, there's working hard and just working smart. Like I'm not breaking yeah. any news here. And it's like people just want to work hard and they don't want to work smart. Yeah. Like it's it's really confusing to me. And it's like working hard becomes people's like entire personalities. And I it's just like, it's I like know. these like, yeah, generational habits that you have to like shed because like mm-hmm. like to your point of like our job didn't exist 20 years ago. Like half the time I have like anxiety thinking about like what my grandparents, like my like world war two Japanese grandparents or yeah. like my black grandparents would be like, that's not a job. Yeah. And yeah, in yeah. my mind, I'm like, you're right. Because from all the stories I've heard from y'all, it's about running yourself ragged. And yeah. that's what you called work. And, and part of me is like, am I? So I think a lot of the times people are like, am I still honoring that level of physical destruction in the act of working? And yeah, it can be, can be a bit of a head fuck yeah my mm-hmm. parents my parents still like you know i think maybe until recently didn't really still understand what i did because i came from a very traditional business job which they understood a nine right. to five you're working in a company that they know so what i did when i switched to sports um especially when i started making like you know decent money is like i would make sure all the checks get sent to their place so that they, they'd be like you have mail and i'm like oh open that for me so then they would <laughs> see that i was so then they would see i was actually making no but like for real for like for like a five-year stretch they literally like they they literally did not believe when i told them i was making money like covering sports. Right. right yeah like right. it was just something yeah. that they could not fathom because like immigrant parents you know you know they came from hong kong like they just couldn't believe it so like yeah it, it, no it was a very difficult like like process to like convince them that i was actually working yeah like it, it was it took a while for me to go from like making youtube videos to like doing that as a job for companies from like yeah now i make videos for like this magazine and it's like but there was no money when you were doing it i'm like that's cuz i was doing dumb videos like this is a right. job skill like that you can do and they're like okay all right i guess yeah. i'll believe it when i see the videos yeah it's just a good thing my my in-laws are very impressed with my their uh, both Korean immigrants and uh, they totally get the value of podcasts <laughs> and uh, have believed in the vi- the vision from day one and <laughs> just like so confused but yeah. also like they were never like you have to go to law school they were just like you should go to law school <laughs> yeah <laughs> so basically <laughs> you have to go to right. law school yeah. <laughs> and I didn't so here we are uh, let's take a quick break we'll be right back You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees. No really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. And finally, Alex, we do like to ask our guests, what is something you think is overrated? People who always talk about quitting social media or reducing their screen time. So, you know, I think I think there was a whole economy of people just like writing stories about, you know, getting off the Internet, quitting Twitter for like 30 days and all of this stuff. And, you know, I, I live here in Toronto. We actually had like a, actually across Canada, there was like a nationwide service outage. Oh, right. Last Friday. So like, actually there was like no access to online for me for like half a day. You know, my friends and I, so there's two service providers here. I'll keep it quick. Uh, one of them was down, the other wasn't. So, you know, we were just all, all around the city. People were just Who gathered outside. Yeah, yeah. So Bell and Rogers. So then Starbucks, Starbucks was like with the other network. So every, there was like just 200 kids outside Starbucks stealing Wi-Fi. <laughs> and it just made me realize that day, like I have a bike app that I use, I couldn't use. So I had to like take, take, oh, take wow. the streetcar instead. I was pulling up Uber Eats on my way home from work. And I was like, oh, I guess I can't order Uber Eats because I know I'm And I was like, the reliance on this is just insane. Like I had meetings that were set up, you know, friends were trying to reach me. But it just made me realize it's actually the opposite. Like we got to appreciate how much access we have to the online world more versus hating on it. Because I think you guys, the topics that you guys talk about, and obviously you guys are, are, you know, familiar with the online world. It's like, I used to be envious of people who are like, I don't own a TV or like, yeah, I'm not on Twitter at all. I don't do any of that stuff. Now I'm like, this is just part of our lives and we got to embrace it. And if you don't like what you see on your Twitter timeline or your IG, TikTok, whatever it is, there's tools. You can mute people. You can create lists. You can mute words. I just think when people talk about they want to quit social media, you're just not using social media smart enough mm. because I've never had I've never had an issue. Like I'm very I'm always online just because of, you know, the sports world and the job and the industry that I'm in. But I'm like, I've never had burnout. And like, I've seen all the shit. I've seen the world crumbling the last like five years, you know, checking in on the U.S. politics and, you know, all the stuff that's <laughs> happening around the world. But not a single day have I ever felt like, oh, man, I need to get off social media. So no more anti quitting the internet and then social media. Oh, I think man, that's you're lucky. very just, overrated. You're lucky if you said you looked in the in the hell's eye and you're like, <laughs> no, but I did. Didn't fuck I me did. up. Oh, I man, because it fucks yeah. me up constantly. Yeah. And yeah. I think probably the nature, you know, like if because of like having to talk about news and like mm -hmm. what's happening every day, like mm -hmm. I don't, unfortunately, don't have the luxury to curate what I look at because that's I fair. need a holistic understanding of what's going on. Yeah. And I can't like sort of avoid certain things. But I but mm -hmm. I but I do get your point. Like there is there's the good and bad of it. And those tools are there. Unfortunately, the way I engage with social media a lot of the time yeah. is to be like, you know, you just you have to open that door where all the noise is coming out from. And you're like, I got to see what's happening in there for my job. And you're like, ah! <laughs> and then you're like, OK, yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. 
Okay, I yeah, take that. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I but, think I think it's just like personal approaches. Yeah, for sure. Because like I'm 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 on Twitter a lot, and like I just don't I don't engage with people. Like I'm not there to have conversations. Like like I have a decent sized following. Like people want to talk about sports. Like I'm just there to get some jokes off. Right, right. And right. it's like you know, like it, it, I think it's just per- and but then I pull up and I'm I'll pull up Twitter after like six hours and I see like two sports writers just engage in like a seventy tweet thread. Right. over like some hypothetical scenario and i'm like i know you two have well-paid jobs like there's no way you got to spend your time with this so it's like i don't think we need to be extreme about being online all the time or quitting social media entirely i do feel like there's a middle ground that people can strike i just i, I just get really annoyed when people are like so proud of themselves for like being on right. twitter for 30 days i'm yeah, like I'm, right. that guy who like jumped off jumped <laughs> off line for like a year after trump got nominated it was just like i actually just like moved to the woods and yeah, the new york like, times oh, okay. was like whoa <laughs> exactly can we actually exactly. study you in a lab yeah or, or the <laughs> yeah. personal essay economy of people who like write about what their life was like and it's like oh so you actually like read a book finally. Like right. it's like congratulations. Like we can do both. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Man. I will say that like the idea I I didn't know that story about like half of Toronto losing internet mm-hmm. access. I like I I just got real jealous of that. <laughs> like that sounds like exciting and like a fun <laughs> event if like all of a sudden half the internet. Like granted I wouldn't be able to do my job and you know taking care of you know, our family would be a lot harder, but I don't know. Sounds cool. No, I was trying to think of like, what was the most minor inconvenience for a person in this city? And I think I landed at like uh, somebody probably like negotiating to sell a pair of sneakers on like Facebook for right. like months. And they finally set up a meetup on like the Friday morning. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they, it just didn't happen. <laughs> right, like yeah. They could not contact each other and somebody just didn't have each other's info. And now that pair of sneakers is gone. I was just trying to think of what was the dumbest inconvenience people would have ran into that day. All right. Let's let's hit some uh, January 6th hearing information. Yeah. I mean, it's more of the same, more of Trump being basically like just a drunk person, a, a horse in the hospital, a drunk person in the White House and everybody just being like, oh, no, he's with his bad friends. We've got to stop this. Yeah. Phil, Andy Dick got back in here. You know how bad of an influence it's real he is. real Andy Dick vibes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, on Tuesday, the hearing was really focusing on, like, what coordination or what the communication or connections were between, like, the violent, you know, extremists we saw uh, and, the like, how they may have been in contact with the White House and just sort of the general path to, like, this, like, this quote-unquote rally. So, we heard from people like the former spokesperson of the Oath Keepers, like a regular MAGA guy who did some crimes because he was just listening to what Trump said. Former Twitter employee who was like, I was telling them for weeks that this seemed so bad what I was seeing on Twitter from a content standpoint. And it just seemed like we weren't going to do anything about it. And, you know, just sort of the broad strokes of it were just to sort of paint this image from the moment Trump realized that. He had exhausted all of his options in terms of trying to like rat fuck an election win out and realizing, oh, I think I have to shift to like mob violence. So they point to this one day on December 18th when, again, this was when it was clear there's real no like the legal paths have dried up and he had a cool party with the four horsemen of horse shit uh, had Sydney. What's cracking? Powell, Mike Mm -hmm. Flynn, disgraced general, who was, you know, obviously lied to the FBI and was later pardoned, uh, the former CEO of Overstock.com and Rudy Giuliani. And they all basically took turns getting in Trump's ear about how they could prove that there was this election fraud. And it was like there were there were actors outside of the U.S. and there there maybe was corruption with Democrats and this, that and the other. And nothing was really sticking. And during this meeting, a bunch of like the White House lawyers heard about it, crashed this party, and it just turned into like an all out screaming match because they're like, what are y'all doing here? What are you telling him? One guy was like telling one of the lawyers, he's like, he's like, you don't he's just he's like, you've done nothing, blah, blah, blah. Like you've been you've you failed the president. And the lawyer's like, who do you think I am? He's like, you're Pat Cipollone. And he's like, I'm not, you fucking idiot. Like, I'm this <laughs> other guy. Shut the fuck up. And it got to the point where, like, even Mike Flynn, 
like stood up, got in a guy's face. And then this lawyer was like, yo, you better sit down or it's going to be a problem. And then Mike Flynn sat down. Wow. So all of this. Yeah. And the, com- the conversation when you like re- listen to the like account of it, it's just very much like the, the, the guys, the White House lawyers are just like, I don't know, man. They were talking about like Chavez and like Venezuelan voting machines and shit. And we just kept being like, what? evidence do you have what evidence and they just kept being like you're not fighting hard enough for the president they were like well, evidence i don't hear evidence right you're you're a coward who stands yeah but like See, mr president evidence. you need fighters you need right. fighters mr president as mike flynn kept telling him because he's saying you need more flunkies who are right. just going to you know make up magical laws there is an interesting moment where like as this argument was going back and forth at the oval office this is an interesting moment. Quote, at some point, the meeting migrated to the yellow oval room in the White House residence where Trump served the group Swedish meatballs. Hell Byrne, who is the former CEO of Overstock.com, was, quote, nonstop housing meatballs. <laughs> he ate so many meatballs, end quote. One person familiar with the gathering told the Washington Post. There, the fighting continued. <laughs> We're fucked. Man, what like, an aside. The, <laughs> nonstop. This guy was nonstop housing, housing meatballs. Meat, what is this? A, I think you should leave sketch. I know. <laughs> He's like, you're not going to tell anybody quote, how I was housing the Swedish meatballs, are you? And then d- M dash, he ate so many meatballs. <laughs> this is such a great. This is my favorite detail revelation thus far of the January 6th committee. And you know that quote came from some guy who was in a frat. Yeah, this dude was nonstop housing meatballs. Like <laughs> I can't dude. imagine that quote from coming from some like lawyer uh, person. Anyway, so anyway, this basically after all that happened, it was clear to Trump. Okay, the lawyers don't want to help these people who are telling me there's like all these cool conspiracy theories. They don't seem to be panning out, and it turns like maybe we just need to get more people on the to to DC on the sixth to maybe physically in you know uh, intervene. And this is when he had the tweet talking about, you know, the Peter Navarro has this like report on like the fraud and how it's like mathematically impossible for me to have lost. And then he says, but don't worry, there's going to quote big protest in D.C. on January 6th. Be there. Will be wild. He tweeted that like in the few hours after all this shit went down in the Oval Office. So they're showing this timeline of like they got together. They had this screaming match on how it could be solved. It guy cleared, housed a bunch of meatballs. Housed a bunch of meatballs and was like, you know what? I need to I need to signal to the goons that mm-hmm. January sixth is the day. You know how he says stand back and stand by? Well, now we have you have orders to be there January sixth. So as they go on with this, they also bring up the fact that the one of the organizers of the rally was applying for permits with like the park services for like a quote static event. Like this was just going to be a rally in one place. There was just going to be speaking and that was it. It's over. No other like movements or anything like that would would happen at this rally. But behind the scenes, clearly everybody in the administration knew that the plan was go there. And then, you know, at some point, Trump was just going to say, hey, we should just we should we should march on the Capitol, y'all. And this was an interesting tweet that the organizer of the rally texted to the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell. She texted, quote, this day is only between us. It can it, uh, it can also not get out about the march because I will be in trouble with the National Park Service and all the agencies. But POTUS is going to just call for it, quote, unexpectedly. And they point to the fact that, like, as documentaries and things showed, a lot of like the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, they had moved towards the Capitol, like even before Trump spoke, like they knew where they had to be once the like the march happened. So they would be at the very front of like this confrontation with the Capitol Police and these uh, other people who were at this rally. So, you know, the way the January 6th committee is sort of laying it out is saying, you know, they're willfully mischaracterizing what this event is going to be to a maybe have less protection at the Capitol, because for all intents and purposes, the main thing was just going to happen at the ellipse. And that was it. And that would allow for like lighter security on the Capitol. Meanwhile, these other like extremist groups could coordinate like where they wanted to be and how they were going to enter the Capitol. And as we've learned in previous ones, he wanted to be leading the charge, like straight up, like Washington crossing the Delaware style, just like be, you know, with his with his 
horses just like you know going going down there so yeah it's pretty wild it, it's wild i mean like you know and it's it's kind of hard to square like who knew what when because most people observing were like this is gonna be bad on january 6th yeah. and there was plenty of analysis that seemingly didn't lead to like you know physical tangible results in terms of like physical security at the capitol but you know all in all just it continues to paint like just how how much you know coordination was going on and how premeditated many of the things are which i think anybody who saw what happened that day was like this shit just didn't happen out of thin right. air but as a fun aside i just want to point out john bolton mr war the warmongering muppet himself he was on cnn arguing with uh jacob or with jake tapper jacob, about like we can call him jacob we're not happy yeah. with him jacob, jacob tapper jacob tapper uh just about saying like you know, it's uh pretty wild. Like they're basically going on about was it a coup? Was it not a coup? How do you even define what a coup is? And then John Bolton sort of like um actuallys his way into being like, yeah, I did some coups. Um, and so let me just pray <laughs> right. this for you. Donald Trump looking out for Donald Trump. It's a once in a lifetime occurrence. I don't know that I agree with you to be to be uh, fair. With all due respect, uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, yeah. not here, but, you know, other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. And that's not what he did. It was just stumbling around from one idea to another. Ultimately, he did unleash the rioters at the Capitol. As to that, there's no doubt. But not to overthrow the Constitution, to buy more time to throw the matter back to the states to try and redo the issue. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. As someone who's, you know, done a couple of coup, coup d'etat, I like how he, like, speaks of it. Like, the way he referred to coups is, like, the way that, like, a foodie will refer to something, like, very, in a different way that you're like, oh, damn. That's, yeah, that's like, impressive. That's a different this person's an knowledge. expert. Yeah. Oh, they they know how to pronounce coup d'etat. <laughs> yeah, take or your pick. Crude, crudite, as I call it. <laughs> take your pick of there's a few people who are like okay so he said he planned a coup uh let's check out one of the ones like which one could it have possibly been and it's like well it's too early for like iran in the 50s uh and then like it probably this sweet spot here in the 80s is where he may have a shout into saying like yeah i was in the room uh right. talking to people about how to do that not so but much there a, or right there but right around here this region here yeah yeah so, yeah, this is just <laughs> I just like that even in the commentary of it, there's just like more <laughs> like gross American issues. Like as somebody who's planned to overthrow governments before in the sake of the military industrial complex, this wasn't a coup. And that's a disrespect to the real earth fuckers like me. It's like he, the way he took offense to it. Right. Yeah, I would I would say there's a point he a point he is making there is like. Well, no, like that when the CIA wants to overthrow a government, they just like start killing people. And like, it's very much more precision operation. This guy's a dipshit without any sort of practical knowledge of like how to do this sort of thing. That's right. definitely true. But it doesn't change the fact that he was like trying like he, he to to dis disregard the fact that he wanted them to hang Mike Pence is pretty. Uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure what he like what basis he's using to be like he just wanted to put it back to the states it's like he said that mike pence maybe should be hung like as people were well, trying i don't know to that hang well mike we just pence. played a clip of that right That's yeah a, well okay. i mean everyone's doing their best to obscure what happened especially when you're someone who worked in that administration like yeah yeah all right let's take a quick break we'll come back we'll speak about the death of seltzer be right back You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And 
Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey, here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Visible is the wireless company that makes wireless visible. No hidden fees. No really. Save on wireless with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back, and the hard seltzer boom officially flat oh. is what our writer JM actually he said officially dead. I added the flat, and I want credit for it. I yeah, nailed it. Got it. You all saw it. I'm, I'm going to mail myself that headline so nobody can steal it. Anyways, I d- I did not realize this. I've I've been observing the hard seltzer boom from afar, but it really you know night. 2019, 2020, 2021, we hard seltzer sales were going up, up, up. Yeah. 2022 comes around. People are back out there. This felt like maybe the the summer that there were the most people out and, you know, just behaving like they normally would. You might have expected it to keep going up. And instead it fell. Boston beer had to throw out millions of cases of Truly hard seltzer in the fall. I mean, to be honest, that shit tastes bad though. So, like, whether or not does it all taste bad? I so I there's so many. I don't drink. I haven't drank since 2015, and I'm not like interested in it. But I am curious about like what this boom, like what has caused this boom, and what like what because it's like malt. It's not. It's not like a vodka soda, which is what what I. think people are looking for it from it it's instead like a malt beverage well yeah because that's that's how they get around like the liquor laws right right but i don't know i mean i i'll I'll drink it on occasion but i never got to the point where i'm like yo let's get fucking clobbered fam like i was not uh (laughs) into the seltzer like that i don't know like alex what was the vibe was what were the seltzer vibes up north you know what? I'm like the worst person to talk to about this because I just go out and hang out. I just drink whatever's in people's fridges or what they hang out to me. I'm, See, I'm, 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 a, I'm a follower, not a leader in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had the urge? Have you ever like when you're like, oh, you know what? Let me. That's in the fridge. Let me try this. Do you ever go, 
that's a little bit of all right. Or you're like, nah, this shit is not. No, you know what? I drink. I, I when I open a fridge, um, it's the can design that gets to me. So, so for all the designers <laughs> out there, you know, I, I pick based on the design. Uh, yeah, yeah, not, not the actual alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called horseshit flavor, but I just <laughs> love the design. It's like very Beautiful. minimal. It's like a Goya painting or something. I think, like honestly, it started off as like the, it was super easy to drink. You know, it's just like you you pick it up. It's got light flavor. People were like, it's healthy because it's clear was like, I think, sort of mm-hmm. like the weird subconscious trick you did to yourself when you drank them. And then after a while, like I felt like there were like three ones that were like cool flavors to drink. And then everybody fucking showed up like even Topo Chico's like literally hold my beer as I enter the fucking seltzer wars. Mm-hmm. And everybody had an offering. And I think it just got just got flooded and like because everything kind of tastes the same it's like well i don't know man then it's all kind of the same to me that was my experience with it like Toba i just is such a great example of like the growth over every, anything kind of like just the problem with capitalism is like they have a good product and they're like okay well uh we need to show growth so we're gonna enter the flavored beverages market we're gonna enter the hard seltzer just like trying to like grow in every direction we're gonna uh, do a line of toys for kids it's like what <laughs> Wait, what the fuck are you talking about man? the the super chicos <laughs> the, the, the super kids but like i mean that all happened because coca-cola bought them like five years right. ago yeah, yeah, yeah and that that completely just changed the trajectory where they went from like this local thing that like i felt like annoying people in like highland park were like dude topo to now being the you know the in seltzer or yeah carbonated water yeah i don't know it it honestly just feels like the the it just lost its luster after a while and People like the tried and true ways of being inebriated. And yeah, about their the Atlantic life. was like, hey, maybe this has just always been bad and no one noticed because we were all going slightly crazy during the pandemic. And I think there's something I, I think there's something there. I think there are some things from the pandemic we're going to look back on and be like, huh? Yeah, no, yeah. that was bad. That That wasn't a good thing that we were all going through there. I think all it was, was it offered a new thing to put in a cooler at a party. Yeah. And then I they tried to do that shit at restaurants and stuff. I would see it on menus and I'm like, what the fuck for this? Like, why would you go out to drink something like if you're at a bar to then drink a canned thing that tastes like nonsense? But that is very that is strange to have a product that is like popular and then when people try to give it to you in some contexts, you're just like, what? Yeah. Ew. No fucking way, yeah, right. man. Like, that's, <laughs> I guess it would be like a pizzeria, like having DiGiorno or something, like on the, it's like, why? It's this hard. Why? Yeah. No one's, yeah. no one wants that. No one wants to go out for, and then pay for a low energy drink. Like, right. that doesn't, like, beer on tap, sure. Like, be, whatever beer, like, we're, I think people are societally used to doing that. But I think because, Seltzer became like the fuel of like your mini like COVID turn up parties. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's just a thing you want to move past. And you're like, I'd like a drink where a human being put the ingredients together in front of me. I don't know. Anyways, the death throws will be embarrassing. They've just uh, released something called Awesome Sauce Bun Length. And it is a seltzer made using hot dog water. So it'll be bad. They'll they'll be trying all sorts of shit and it'll go it'll go badly. I'm not gonna lie. I went I went to Trader Joe's and I bought a pack of dill pickle seltzer because I all just, right, man. it was so stupid looking. And then I asked them because <laughs> now like now that I know like they kind of got to talk at the register. I'm like I'm like yo, what's good with this? And they're like, honestly, we just saw we were just talking about how we needed to drink that later, like mm-hmm. when our shift is over. And the other person came from the other register, like, oh, did you oh, get the dill pickle some. seltzer? They're like, yo, have you had it before? I'm like, no. Gross. They're like, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to try. Maybe it could be bad. It it honestly tastes like like a cucumber. It's really uneventful, and I feel stupid that again I fell for the marketing. Well, Alex, it has been truly a pleasure having you on TDZ. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at Stephen underscore LeBron, Stephen LeBron on Instagram. <laughs> if you want to make me explain that name, I could. I can do it in 30 seconds. Please do. I, I signed up for social media when I was still working at my accounting job. And, you know, my, my goal on social media at first was just to, to tweet during, uh, like, you know, board meetings and stuff. And just, like, <laughs> embarrass my company. And I obviously did not want HR to find that. Right. And on the on the day that I was signing up for social media, there was a very clickbait headline on USA Today. Uh, LeBron was doing his LeBron James was doing his first stint with the Cavaliers at the time. It said Cleveland's LeBron suspended 50 games for steroids. And when you click on it, it is a minor league Cleveland Indians pitcher named Stephen LeBron. And I was <laughs> like, this is perfect. Over the years, people think it's some kind of, you know, amalgamation of like Steph Curry and, and, and LeBron James or something like that. And I always try to tell them there's absolutely no meaning. I always still get a kick out of PR people emailing me, calling me Steve. I really do not blame them. Hey, Steve-O. Yeah, hey, Steve. Uh, I've, I've, got, I've gone to events where I'm on the list as Steve and LeBron. I'm just like, yeah, Steve here. Uh, but like, it's my own fault. I, I never I never changed that up. But, you know, it's... I feel like it's good to not have your your real name online as you know in in, in as many places as possible mm, for sure. So there we go, and, and make sure you know check out like you guys mentioned up top, running the break uh, with CJ and and myself. Um, you know it's a it's an off the court NBA podcast. We talk a lot about stuff um, that's taking place away from the from the basketball floor. And if you don't like basketball, you know just subscribe to it and just I don't know press play whatever is good for the algorithm. <laughs> And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, so one is actually there was a video that was put out of a Team Canada basketball team. It was an under-23 team. So they're all like born, I guess, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's a video where they showed them things from the early 2000s. iPod, MSN Messenger, LimeWire, a photo of Britney Spears. And me being 37, it made me feel really old because they had no idea when, when they put up the graphic of the MSN Messenger, what it was. Um, wow. Someone was like, is this Napster? Or like, is this something that you guys use? And then, and then there was another basketball player when she was showing the photo of Britney Spears. She was so confident. She's like, yeah, I know, that's Shakira. What? So it's, it's just, it's amazing to me to see like things that I followed in my childhood and teenage years become things that the, the next generation is completely not familiar with. So right. I guess I didn't really enjoy that video, but that's the one that I picked. <laughs> good for it's good for the millennial outrage within us uh miles where can people find you what is the tweet you've been enjoying find me on twitter and instagram at miles of gray you know about mad boosties you know about 420 day fiance also check out lords of soccer the fifa podcast that i help produce it moves along and we actually had to do a little bit of update because uh two people from you know involved with fifa corruption got you know a Actually, their case is dismissed by the Swiss courts. Oh, lucky for them. Uh, so, but yeah, the podcast is great. Please check it out for all fans of true crime and footy. Uh, some tweets that I like. Let's see. Uh, first one, again, I just, I love the construction of like, if I text you blank emoji, it means this. This one is from at Pope Awesome the 13th or at Pope Awesome XIII. It says, if I text you and it's the flag of Norway, if I text you the flag, it means nor fucking way. <laughs> nor fucking way, mate. <laughs> Stupid nor fucking way. Uh, and then another one at Pleasant, uh, P-L-E-A-S-4-N-T, tweeted, you should be able to see people's health bars on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking oh my God. Just as a concept. I'm like, yo, <laughs> let me see your health bars real quick. How, oh, many, how, much, how much health energy are you working with? You need it. What's your armor level at? I need to catch one of those bouncing hearts or whatever the fuck they had in Zelda. I need to oh. restore. <laughs> <laughs> I need a restoration to my health bars. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Some tweets I've been enjoying. Bubba at ratio these nuts uh, tweeted, "You just you just disrespected a former Subway sandwich artist." Oh shit! And then the volatile, the volatile mermaid. Oh no, she twinned. Tweeted, "Practice self care. Take a walk. Ride a bike. 
Paint a picture using the blood of your enemies. Befriend a wolf pack to do your evil bidding. Cast a curse by the ancient willow in the enchanted forest. Meditate. Heal. Which I just thought that was a good take Mm. on a very common, thought I knew where it was headed, uh, genre of tweet. I think think there was actually some good advice buried in there, as opposed to the normal self-care hippie, head-up-your-own-ass, woo-woo bullshit. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Okay, so TikTok continues to just... (laughs) open my eyes it's just so funny how on tiktok there's so many tracks that are just sped up or slowed down versions of like past songs that were popular like 10 years ago and you're like oh this shit hits so different the slowed and reverb version uh and i saw this one clip of uh like it was just like shots of like denny villeneuve like cinematography but it was set to that that m83 song solitude but it's the song is slowed and reverb version so you gotta wow. check out ma3 solitude slowed reverb and you can only get this on soundcloud but the song is like so much more dramatic in this way and i was like it's beautiful so, mm. so yeah check this one out ma3 solitude slowed and reverb for that tiktok rain all right well we will link off to that in the footnotes the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows, that is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Sight gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com.